hello, hello. Welcome back to First Off, You're Wrong, the podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to solve them. I am Luke. With me is not Jeremiah. He's at army camp still. So this is the part two of the last episode, which would be how you guys are wrong about what you were at church. We have Jay with this one still, and it's just finishing up our thoughts on the whole thing. Um, remember, this podcast is mainly opinion-based. Unless otherwise stated, our utmost authority as Christians is Scripture, but with many of the topics that we deal with, they may not be directly addressed in the Bible, and there may be gray areas in the Christian life. Our goal is to make you come away from the podcast thinking about the subjects that you may not have thought about in the past. So, like I said, new episodes coming out next week. Jeremiah will be back, but this is going to be the continuation and the end of this subject of why you guys are wrong about what you wear, and I hope you enjoy. Constantly as a church member called to submit yourself mm-hmm. to others. So Luke, I am going to try and change your mind just a little bit on this go ahead. as we go through this, but there's there's dangers of humility on both sides of the spectrum, right? You have on one hand, I mean, just the 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 poorest of the poor and you're you're judging the poorest of the poor because they're poor and they're not wearing what they should wear to church. How dare you come in and all you have, right? There's the other side where you're dressing like it's the Met Gala. And I mean, you're just a distraction to everyone who comes into church because what in the world are you wearing? Uh, you, you get to that point, you're da- you're in danger on either side of that spectrum. Yeah. And it is a bell curve. Somewhere there's a happy medium to what you should wear in church. James 2 is a great example of like not having... Would be James 2, 2 through 4? It would be James 2, 1 through 9. Get the oh, whole passage whatever. in context. Wow, context, Luke. But I mean, I'm not going to read the whole... Ugh. The whole... Uh, the whole section. Oh, so you're going to read two through four. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not I'll I have wait to for my apologies this because I mean, we ha- I have so much more to get through on this. It's, uh, it's such an important passage. Go through it, read it. James two, one through nine. What's your focus when people come in wearing different things? What should you be focused on? I mean, partiality, pride is mm-hmm. outright condemned in that passage. Yeah. Uh, our main goal is never to look the best or look the worst. Yeah. I mean, you should put some effort on, um, put 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 something on right before you get to church, uh, but don't come like you're you're gonna be stealing the show. Yeah. Who are you stealing the show from? Why are we at church? It's not for you. It's not for others. We're here to worship our Creator mm-hmm. and our Savior. Uh, I mean, the the focus of church should never ever be what everyone is wearing and that goes out to all of the instagram moms dressing up their kids real nice for easter shots right for their photo ops ceos um yep this is this is the pastel photo op every sunday once a year right like look at all of them they're growing up so fast i remember when little I remember last last easter when i took this picture exactly (laughs) so much smaller it's it's just and again if you you're taking Easter shots or you dress up nicer on Easter. That's not a sin. No, it's just me. what I'm is the to do focus it of it? Yeah. What is the point of it? I don't ever, and I've told my wife this before, I don't ever want to go to church with the intention of wearing an outfit for a picture. Uh, that's, that's just not what I want to go to church for. This is the Lord's Day, not my day. Yeah. This is the Lord's Day, not photograph day. Yeah. Um, so I think it goes either end of the spectrum uh, too little effort, too much effort. Um, it, it violates humility either way, right? 
it's it's the principle of not stealing God's glory by how little you care and how much you care. Um, now let me. There's there there's another aspect to this, but. W- I'll get into that we're, in a second. We're, we're talking a lot. I'm about to hit a hot, hot topic. We're very, we're very focused on Sunday, Sunday mornings, and uh, that sort of, you know, the the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say the same thing goes for if we'd have a youth group or a a water group on a Wednesday night? Do you want people to be wearing the same thing, or does does that I, different type of service change the appearance that people should have. Okay, so that I, I do think that the different service does change, but not for the reason you think. There is a purpose to it. Obviously, you don't want your kids running around in Awana clubs in their suit and tie or yeah. their big dress, um, whatever. You don't want to you don't want to accidentally uh, cause your kids to be afraid of, of running around and having fun, right? Yeah. Um, or give them blisters yeah. because they're wearing their their super nice Sunday shoes or whatever. You, th- there is a purpose to what you wear, so I think for the Awana Club, the, that purpose reason, yeah, okay. But more than that, it's Sunday. Sunday is a set apart day for the Christian. Mm-hmm. It is like I said earlier, uh, the the resurrection day of the Lord. It is when the church met. The early church met. It's when um, we were gathered together in, in uh, during Pentecost, right? And, and the Holy Spirit came on the Lord's Day. So we've got just a, a fantastic example of how Sunday should be set apart for us, yeah. right? Yeah. Sunday dress should be a little bit different, I think, than Wednesday dress. Maybe not for the pastor. He's, he's performing the same sacred duty, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a different argument you could have. Um Kind of going along with all of this, though, is another obvious what you think about other people. Modesty. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, don't. Modest modesty. is hottest. Okay. 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 That, that was, was on a shirt. shirt you know. Okay. Yeah. Did you so wear that shirt to church? I did not. I was not <laughs> the one wearing the shirt. Some, someone read a Joshua Harris, Harris book. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a different episode. <laughs> First Timothy two nine. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, with modesty. And this is two nine a. We're not getting into B yet. That's my next point. But okay, okay I'm sorry. Go proper ahead. clothing with modesty, which is shamefacedness. Uh, in in the Greek, it's an attitude that, according to the Strong's Concordance, precedes and prevents a shameful mm-hmm. act. Mm-hmm. Shameful act on your part. Shameful act on anyone who might look at you's part. Be modest in church. This is not just for the girls, although this passage is directly appointed towards the girls. Um, You should not be a distraction sexually in church. That's completely inappropriate. I think anyone would agree with that. Yes, I think anyone would. Um, The line gets blurred real quick when you go to some of the the big Eva churches and you look around what people are wearing, skin tight, too much showing there, too little showing there because like, yikes, what in the world is going on over in that corner? Mm -hmm. What's going on over there? Um, The teen group's out of control. The adults are no better. Uh, You've completely pulled away from 
what the point of the Lord's Day is. Does this is go to also to like the bird hat thing you were talking about, like where it's like this does the adornment, the the um, the amount of gravitas yeah, of so my outfit. Look at it me. Is, and that's back to the humility. First Timothy two nine b. Not just mm-hmm. that you address modestly. But that you address with self-restraint. Yeah. Control yourself. You don't have to put all of the makeup on. You don't have to put all of the jewelry on. Um, you don't. And, and I'm going again specifically to women because that's First Timothy two is addressed to women. Uh, and and I, I've taught a whole Sunday school class on this passage, most often to a class full of girls. So uh, I mean, this this was a, a great time to be in my class. For guys, when I was just addressing modesty, how how girls should dress. I mean, it was just it was awkward beyond all get out. But it's in the Bible, and it's profitable for all of us for correction, instruction, reproof. Um, we we need to be versed in this. And and what it says is that you dress with self restraint, not with braided hair or uh, pearls or costly clothing. And that's the birds in your in your hat. That's. Yeah. And going back to the first century church, you had these women coming in to, uh, and you can look this up on Cripplegate, has a great series of art- articles on uh, women's hair in the first century church. The purpose of First Peter 5, or First Peter uh, 5, three. I think, 3? Um, first Peter 3 and First Timothy 2, wherein it talks about not having the pearls and the gold ornaments and all of that. These women would come in with their hair sculpted so high as a status symbol to the point of trying to make other women jealous, men look at them, um, to make everything about them. And then the person sitting behind you couldn't see anything, mm-hmm. right? Like your hair is stacked up so tall. Your hat is so big. Uh, your perfume is so strong. We cannot focus on what's actually supposed to be happening here. Yeah. Well, that all is biblical principles on how you should dress. Guys, with the cologne, take it easy. You don't need the whole bottle of Axe Spray. Um, guys with the uh, giant three-piece suits walking in on, on a Sunday. Um, the new pair of shoes that you've shined to the point where it's glittering on stage and blinding everyone, right? Like, we, we, don't, we don't necessarily need to be the focus, do we? Mm-mm. So let's, let's dress accordingly. Yeah, and the... Um, the- What's what annoys me, and this will probably be a whole podcast at some point where we talk about the the entire movement of uh, um, dis, 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 dis deconstruction. Yeah, I almost said disassembly, but that's Legos, not <laughs> Christianity. Uh, de- <laughs> deconstruction, where people say this this bad thing happened to me when I was in church. And sometimes it is actually something bad. It might have been someone who mm-hmm. was in a, 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 a Gothardite church. Yeah. It might have been someone who was abused in church. Sometimes it's, uh, well, a lot of times people who deconstruct just don't have a basis for it. They just hurt their feelings and they want an excuse yeah. to leave the church. But people who had specifically a lot of those Gothardite teachings, they were shown and told, hey, you have to wear skirts you have to wear dresses if you're gonna wear pants they have to be culottes you have to wear yeah specifically Just these legalistic things. right very legalistic and so they come away and they realize well that's not it, it says modesty but it doesn't say that we have to wear skirts it doesn't say that we have to wear dresses and so because that one thing was wrong mm-hmm. in their teaching and what they were what they, what they discover that wrong thing 
the deconstruction happens because they think, oh, that one thing was wrong. Everything is what wrong. What else now. is wrong? Everything. Yeah. Is, yeah. They, they, don't, they don't. They don't you take. Throw, you literally throw they, the baby out. With they the don't water. take the I mean, time just... to do what you should do if you were raised in a in a legalistic structure. If you were raised with those excessive rules, which is disentangle from that teaching. Take the time to say, okay, I had that one wrong thing that I was taught, and instead of saying everything is wrong, I'm going to go through and look at what I was taught and find. What is the biblical basis for all of these things? Yeah. Because a lot of stuff that was taught by, you know, I don't know why, Bill Gothard, but a lot of those purity movement, um, the, the holiness movements as well, uh, they were, they were, people were taught those things and, all throughout their life, and then they come away and they leave all of it behind. Well, not and, all of it is terrible. And not it goes all of it back to our very first point that we said. What is the thing that matters most? Mm-hmm. It's that you've had a heart change, that you have actually been uh, regenerated by the living God, that you've been brought from death into life. That's what matters first. And the fruit will follow. Mm-hmm. We have that promise all throughout the New Testament. That will impact the way you dress. I mean, yeah, maybe it's not culottes every Sunday. Maybe it's not a jean skirt every every day of the week. Maybe it's not, um, I can never wear jeans to church. Maybe it's just, I'm going to make sure that my dress reflects my attitude towards the seriousness, the severity of the God I serve, mm-hmm. the holiness of the God I serve, and... It's considerate to those that I'm going to church with. So that encompasses modesty, humility. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God's opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, And then last that I have down is edification. I mean, this is a huge principle in the New Testament. Make sure that you are edifying. Uh, And this this is, again, like the last thing I have a part of doing nothing from vain glory, but regarding others as more important than yourselves is fulfilling the command in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, where, where Paul talks about all things are lawful to me. I could wear jean shorts if I want to. You shouldn't. Uh, I could wear jean shorts if I the want to. The shorts are so cool. All things comfy. are lawful, but not all things are profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, not All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And I just want to spend one second here quickly on, on that Greek word. Uh, it's oikodomia. And, and oiko, you hear economics comes from that, right? It has to do with the household. It's literally to build up a house. That, that's what that phrase means, according to the Strong's Concordance. If you break down the word, edify, build up a house. Whose house are we building? Whose mm-hmm. house are we participating in building? Mm-hmm. This is God's house. First Timothy 3.15, it's the household of God. Uh, we're the bricks and mortar of that house, according to to First Peter, um, we're being, or, or or rather Ephesians two, we're we're being built up into the household of God. Uh, we need to make sure we're not doing anything to actively tear that down. Uh, we need to be promoting the growth in Christian wisdom, in affection, grace, virtue, holiness, blessedness. That's all what the Strong's Concordance says about this one word to edify. So in, in, in talking about that, Paul says, then let no one seek his own good, but every other person's. Late, earlier in Romans, he says, no one lives to himself, no one dies to himself, 
but everyone lives and dies to God. Everyone mm-hmm. is, no one's an island unto himself. Uh, and, and he uses different examples of food. Well, the food is just a stand-in, right? The, the meat offered to idols is just a stand-in. Uh, I still will always use Romans 14, 2 as a, as a uh, verse against veganism. Of course. But, you know, the one person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak oh. eat, eats vegetables what? only. That's anti-veganism, and okay. I don't care if it's out of context. That's but fine. Um, no, I accept this. No, no. This is moving past man. that, you get, if you guys have an episode on veganism, I want to come back. <laughs> um, if I'm allowed. No. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point oh, of all boy. of this, though, is not weak brother's wrong, strong brother is right. Yeah. In fact, for a lot of it, that's just not the focus of these passages. What is it? It's that the weak... Um, needs to not be judged by the strong and needs to not judge the strong. And the strong needs to not judge the weak, but rather they should come alongside the weak, mm-hmm. humble themselves. Listen, you might have all the freedom in the world and feel super comfortable wearing sweatpants to church. Let's just, in this case, say you're the strong brother. I don't believe you are, but... Um, oh, there, there's a controversial one. No, hold on. Wait, why are you not the strong brother? Well, because of everything we already just yeah, said. Yeah, but if I don't, because but, your sweatpants are not going to testify but, to the world. But if I'm not, con- but if I'm not convicted that it doesn't, what does it matter? Well, then I think that through the process described in First Corinthians 10 and 14, you'll grow up into this. Uh, you'll grow into more and more into the strong brother who does eat meat. Who who does, who does wear sweatpants? sweatpants. No. Yes, yes I think you'll, you'll grow into the stronger I don't think brother so. who does wear sweatpants. Um, who is not, okay. Well, yeah, no, 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 okay, that's, that's, that's where I'm getting to with but this, it's this not example. Like, okay, but I'm saying, but because it's not like the, the, the sweatpants isn't the problem, really. No, the sweatpants isn't the problem. I think the Mom and dad are fighting again. I'm just saying, I think that the issue wouldn't be the sweatpants, right? The issue would be like, is my conviction Let me change the question. Let me change the question because this is where I was getting to. Yeah. Are the sweatpants the problem in Birmingham, Alabama Baptist Church. No. <laughs> we need to think through You're right. You're right. the culture we're in. Listen, I've been to church in gym shorts and a dry fit t-shirt. Um, that was on an, a tropical island where that was what you wore to church. Mm-hmm. If I showed up in a, in a suit and tie, that would have been a distraction to everyone. If I show up to a church in uh, the, the Philippines where I've, I've been to church multiple times... If I'm wearing anything more formal than jeans, that's a distraction. If I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, there's a different cultural picture of what church actually mm-hmm. is. And we need to go back. Maybe let's go back to the first century church. What were the people wearing in the first century yeah. church? Was it a suit and tie? No. What if I don't and, care about your culture? Well, what if I don't care about the culture of well, the city, I, right? Because I, I, I don't really, to, but to be But do frank. you care about the people that you're... We had... And a firsthand experience of this, or maybe more closely secondhand. Was this experience at your island this. church? Or this, this was here? at another island. We were on the island of Yap, and one of the churches we went to out there. You guys were on different islands. Well, we we were there for. A, I'm like sorry, a trip. I, I'm so intrigued by this. Go ahead. And Go ahead. we, right. while we were there, uh, we were with, staying with missionaries, and at their church, their custom, well, you know, they were very what we would call casual, but it was gym shorts and a t-shirt because that's what the people war that's what they had but to show reverence going into the sanctuary they removed their shoes 
So everyone was barefoot going in. Sounds like and my house. As a <laughs> as as a sign of reverence as well, the speakers, the pastor and the missionary, the, the missionary, the pastor, same thing, and my, our father who who spoke there that day, he they were given flowers to wear on uh, like a crown of flowers to wear on their head and around yeah. their neck. That was a sign of respect. That was a sign of this is who is teaching today. It was a sign of reverence as well. So in that set setting, in that sit, uh, situation, that was what was res, re, uh, expected yeah. to be worn. Now, right when we left, another missionary came out there that I've never met, I never had any affiliation with, and he refused to wear anything other than a suit, and he left within a year because no one would come, no one would... No one wanted to talk to him. He was not approachable. He was not relatable to the people, which, of course, I'm not arguing that as Christian missionaries, we need to just be relatable. But in that culture, no one wanted to go talk to the guy that exclusively wore suits because he was not like us. And we hit the higher standards first. Your heart matters modesty matters i've we've been to other churches on islands where it's not the culture for women to wear tops well before going into the church the women were handed a t-shirt regardless of whether that offends your culture or not Mm -hmm. there is a different standard in the house of god um so we we have various experiences with different levels of culture and what is acceptable and what is not acceptable but this standard of edification needs to encompass everywhere you're at. Uh, if it's not critical to your mission, the, the mission that God gave us, that we go into the world and, and preach the gospel, uh, I think you might need to be able to let that go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to read, continue on in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 that we're all familiar with, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. There's priority, right? Do everything to glorify God. Give no offense either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Isn't it interesting Paul includes that third category? Uh, the Jews, the Greeks, obviously to, I mean, that's everyone already. That's the Jews and then everyone else were called Greeks, right? Um, the barbarians, the the non-civilized ones would, would be the Greeks in that day. Yeah. Or to the church of God. We're trying to be at peace as much as lies within us with everyone. And we're not trying to tear anyone down. Don't put a stumbling block in front of others is what he says earlier. Uh, why is my freedom judged by another's conscience? If I partake with gratefulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I gave thanks? If I can wear sweatpants... And, I mean, it's my freedom in Christ, then I should definitely be free. And why are they judging me? How dare they they judge me? Well, you, but you, but you, have, no but you have to offense. feel. But see how the way that you said that, though, you made it sound like that's the 
automatic way of someone like let's say i wear sweatpants like i'm not automatically gonna be like that's right everyone you have to agree that i wore sweatpants because i have the liberty in christ and i'm glorifying him yeah like okay someone so has if your their, attitude like, is let's, different that's what i'm saying yeah. the attitude doesn't i think that the problem we also do is we go to that is the attitude of people that they're always just being defiant as yeah. opposed to if i walk in and i'm again i'm not walking in, in sweatpants but there was like one time where my dad was in the hospital and i came in and i was wearing gym shorts and a t-shirt obviously it's not like I always am going to wear Oh, yeah, and that's but, why we referenced James right, 2 first, right? right? Yeah. We, we didn't go straight to this passage. Right. We talk about James 2. Hey, if someone comes in in low garb or high garb, don't give one a right. higher seat than the other. That's partiality, but it has and that's to do, like, sin. But we talked about it. It has to do with the heart. So if I'm sitting there and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not convicted that sweatpants is wrong, and actually I think that me dressing down is better than me dressing up, and my attitude isn't, I want to be a show, and I want everyone needs to agree with me. And how dare you not? Like, if you're judging me, then and again, my attitude is not the worship of God. My attitude is the worship of Luke. But I do also believe with that, uh, eventually, if you continue to go on to this church, let's say in this fictional, yeah, the fictional hypothetical yeah. situation, you continue to go in sweatpants. Every other man is in a suit and tie. Every woman is in, in a full-length dress. I'm, I'm not saying this actually exists, right? This hypothetical. But you keep coming in sweatpants. You have a suit and tie at home. You just, you're coming in sweatpants, right? Well, I think that's the opportunity for the church not to judge you or anything, but to come alongside you and, hey, listen, um, we do have a different way of doing things here. And we love that you've been coming, and we love that you show a true heart for God. We're going to ask that, you know, for the sake of some, some folks here have a strong conscience belief that you, you need to wear a suit to worship God. What does the Bible say you should do? You, you give everything you possibly can to submit to the body of believers well, let me, you're with. Let me, let because me. you're not building up at that point. Maybe you're not actively tearing down, but if you're not willing to submit to the, the, the culture that you're in, you're not, and, and it's not even just the culture you're in. It's the church that you're in, the body that you're in. If you're not willing to submit to them in something as silly and dumb as a dress, dress code, quote unquote, what else are you not willing to submit to? If you are going to a church and you're the guy wearing sweatpants and everyone else is wearing a suit and it doesn't it, it's not an argument of oh i'm the stronger brother you're the weaker brother no and that's we're never not, the argument we're in the not, New there's no argument about that uh what statement do you think you're making in either scenario if everyone's wearing sweatpants and you're wearing a suit or if mm-hmm. everyone's wearing a suit and you're wearing sweatpants if you are the odd one out are you doing it to make a statement are you doing it because it's your conviction or are you doing it because it's what you're doing. If you're doing it to make a statement, that's wrong. You are you are in the wrong there. If you're trying to make a statement by saying, oh, look, I'm better than everyone else because I can wear a suit when everyone else wears sweatpants. If that is the more likely scenario, is that people are, you know, making a statement with what they're wearing. I don't think that there's many places, and I don't think it's a very practical example to say sweatpants and suits. I think a more practical, a more plausible situation is there's a guy at the church who wears khakis and a button-down shirt, and there's another guy that wears jeans and a polo. And 
you know, everyone else at the church wears khakis. This guy wears jeans. Hey, you know, everyone else is wearing khakis and you're free to do whatever you want, but you know, you're also singing in the choir. So you're kind of making a, you're, you're up there in front of everyone. And I, I think we would really appreciate it if, if you put on some khakis and if it was a woman up there and she was wearing a short skirt and the music leader came up to her and said, Hey, your shirt is a little bit short and we, you know, we, you need something that can cover yourself. You're, you know, go past your knees. So you're modest. You know, we don't have a, a, a modesty guard in front of the choir, choir loft. So you need to think about that because people can see and we don't mm-hmm. want you to be accused of anything. Yeah, I, I agree with that, that we're using the extreme. And and I, I do think that more often than not, this is a nuanced conversation. Ooh, good word. The, the, <laughs> it's not a conversation without guidance, though. Uh, again, back in First Corinthians ten, if someone, if anyone says to you, I mean, I know that meat meat offered to idols is nothing, is what Paul is saying. But if anyone says to you, this is meat consecrated to idols, do not eat it, for the sake of the one who informed you, and for conscience' sake, you don't want to offend another brother, right? Um, maybe they're dead wrong. Mm-hmm. I remember a story about uh, I think it was our dad putting his Bible on the ground at a church. Uh, he just set it down on the floor while uh, we we were singing. There wasn't room in the pew, so he just set it down on the floor. And, and the man next to him leaned over and said, you can't put your Bible on the ground. He didn't stand up and give a stink about that. There wasn't an argument about that, and there wasn't even a debate later about that. Some things you don't even need to pick up again. He just picked up his Bible and said, yeah. All right, this is and, fine because I can submit to my brother. What one last verse here on this? Galatians five thirteen. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve or submit to one another. Mm-hmm. And this this doesn't really go along with this episode, but it is kind of in the same vein there is a right and a wrong way to approach someone about something oh yeah if if it's something that's a conscious issue about you like it when that a bible gets set on the ground if that person were to turn and start yelling and berating you that person would very clearly be in the wrong but if they were to turn to Burn you quietly, at the stake. maybe if they were even just to pick up the bible and say hey I really would appreciate it if you don't set God's word on the ground. It's the most—I mean, this is how God speaks to us. And I, I would appreciate it if we were a little bit more reverential about it. Even that might be a little bit too uh, condescending for my taste. But there's a right way to yeah. not not correct someone, but to let someone know how you are feeling about a subject. Because, yes, facts don't care about your feelings, I know— but feelings are a very important... You have to copyright that, yeah. that statement. Trademark Daily Wire at Ben Shapiro. Uh, oh, is that just... That gets us off the hook right there? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. That gets, <laughs> that we're good. Yeah, we, won't, we won't get sued. No, this is how this literally works. Uh, Pepsi, Zero Sugar, other Cokes are available. Other sodas are available. And other Pops are available. See? All oh, okay. No, are you doing... That's that's what lawyers do. We're going to get sued say, by we'll Pepsi see. now. <laughs> but we'll th- there's a right and a wrong way to no correct someone about a conference. Yeah. But I, I, I think to to wrap things up, or as I like to say, to put a bow on things, um, let's all take just like a minute or, or two minutes and describe in, in the best way you can, individually, 
if you were to walk into a church and what you would like to see people wearing, how you would like to see people dressed. That sounds odd, but I think it's a, a good thing to, to end this with, just to give us all our perspective on, you know, it how how the church should appear. Imagine you're a first-time guest and you walk in and you see people. What would you, as a first-time guest, like to see them wearing and why? I'm looking at you, Jay. So me first? You know what? We'll go with Luke first. Yes, I have to go first. Okay, I'm the guest. I'm the last one. I'm the last one. Fine, I'll go first. I don't care what they're wearing. I've never cared, and I never will care. And I would rather see, if I had to preference it, I'd rather see a more casual thing because I think casual garb shows me that this is not about the dress. It's about the worship, and so that's why I think with this 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 topic for me it's heated because I don't think that anyone should come to me if my conscience tells me that I don't need to be wearing something that is even conforming to what the church is and my heart is sitting there saying this isn't about I just want to I want to be different or this is about Luke and he's whatever but if I look at it and go I'm going to wear you know a soft collared shirt and some khakis or I'm going to wear jeans and a polo or whatever and someone comes to me and goes, you know, we wear suits here. I think that that's a problem. I think that that's a stumbling block mm-hmm. to me and my conscience, which is I look at what I'm wearing. I have no problems with it. The Holy Spirit has not said, Luke, this is wrong. You need to go change. You need to be wearing something different. And for someone, I think, to come to me and go, well, our church does it different in this way. Um, and I think that you're being a distraction. I, I think that that is, I think it's a wrong move. And I think that everyone looks at the stumbling block in their own way. And I look at the stumbling block in that way, where it's, you're going to cause me to stumble where I'm thinking the whole time, well, maybe I do need to be wearing a suit. Maybe I do need to be doing this. What, what, maybe, maybe I'm not right about this. And as opposed to what is the purpose of me going to the house of God? It is me worshiping God is me glorifying God in the liberties that I am given as a Christian, which I would say this is a liberty that I glorify God through my liberty. If it's not about Luke in my liberty where it's I'm taking these Christian liberties I'm given and I say, I'm going to do it because then everyone's looking at Luke. He's different. Man, you know, Luke wears gym shorts on Wednesday nights. I wish I could be like him. Like, that's, that's the wrong thing. I should not be doing that. But if I take my liberties and I glorify God through them, with them, then I don't see there being anything wrong with what I wear um, to church. And if, again, the point, the asking question was, what would I want to see? Casual garb. I, I, I like more, I don't like T-shirts. I don't like the jeans and the T-shirts or shorts. And I actually don't even like shorts. I don't know. When I was a kid, I was because I didn't care. But nowadays, I, I think shorts are a little too casual. I would rather see minimum khakis, polos, and maximum button down and slacks. Scale of one to ten. So one, ten, ten being <laughs> okay. like ten being most formal possible, and yeah. one being like, okay, like I would, shorts and a t-shirt. I go, I go five, five, six, five or six. Okay, yeah, okay. five, six for me. I. I, I, you know, when you said that number, I was thinking I was about five or six, but I, I'm probably like, now a, you have to go higher. I'm probably like a six. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, in between a six and a seven, maybe like a 6.3. 
I'll, I'll go there. Oh wow, not a rookie score right there. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I'll I'll go six to seven, six six or seven, because what in in my opinion, I I think for someone new coming into a church, if you're not a Christian, if you're a non-believer and you come into the church and someone walks up to you and they're judgmental about your clothing, that's not the right thing to do. You're, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things if that you're, you're that person walking up. But after that heart change, I think we made that very clear after we've been giving a heart of flesh and we're seeing that, oh, this day is to, is in memory of Christ and his sacrifice. This day is the, the, the biggest day of the week for us as Christians after all of that, if we are, you know, going about our day and we just wear the same thing we wear every single day, you know, shorts and a t-shirt, jeans and a t-shirt or whatever, you go to church wearing that, I don't know if that's giving enough reverence. Uh, that, it's a, it's a, I, I'm not sure how exactly to verbalize it other than you need to have more of a it, it needs to be more of a, uh, a reverential day and your outward appearance can go a lot to do that you know they say dress for the job you want not the job you have so a lot of people wear suits to to their job because it makes them feel more professional dress for the flight you want not no. for the flight you have <laughs> no man what is up with these flights uh, any anyway. delta guy yeah. No. No, you're not. Who are no. you? He's United. I fly American, so I have nowhere to work. I've had more American lately, so I'm more American. But, but um, American Airlines, you heard it here first. We need suits the, back in the airports. And the, if, if I could impose a informal dress code, I think a collared shirt and slacks. But or chinos or you know even some jeans if they're nicer you know they're not ripped jeans they're not worn through on the heels something you could get away with wearing to work at most jobs nowadays would be a, a, a minimum starting point I think a full button down shirt would be a little bit better and we're of course talking about southern American churches I can't say if you go, uh, I, I very clearly stated earlier that if you're going to go to a church somewhere else in the world, you're going to have to wear whatever they wear. Yeah. So this is pertaining to our culture we live in. Something a little bit nicer to show your reverence. I don't wear a suit because I'm not a big fan of them. I'm, like I said, I'm very active on Sundays. I'm moving around the church a lot. I'm doing things for the safety team doing things for children's church and all these other things going on. So having a suit doesn't really work for me. But the people who wear suits on Sunday, more power to you. Well, I mean, I'd say, wait, and what was your number that you, you I, gave? Maybe a 6.5. 6.5? Honestly, okay, so if that's how we're defining 6.5, I'm probably in the 6 to 8 range, but I don't know where yet. Probably. <laughs> wow, I, that's a really big <laughs> It's like eight is very formal. It's literally it's and two. It's six is in my range. No, because no, because we're going so incrementally. I mean, you 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 said essentially the same thing as Jeremiah said. Yeah. And he, well, I noticed that when he said the so minimum. So you're a five to six, and he's a six point five. I don't know where where I land, but I I do believe I'm probably in the more formal. But I'm honestly not opposed 
to what y'all said. Yeah. Again, though, that's the culture we're in. Yeah. That changes. That goes out the window if you move to a different state. Yeah. Or if you move to a different church. I mean, I've been to churches recently where if you wear a tie, you're high church and you're you're going to offend some someone in that church, right? Because you're you just you're pretentious wearing a tie. That's not the church I'm at right now. No one has a problem, and I, I'd say no one has a problem with a polo or a, a suit and tie. Yeah, I think that's a, a well balanced diet. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of want to finish. I guess my opinion on all of this. Obviously, culture matters. Your heart matters more than anything. You need to be worshiping God from a place of spirit and truth, first of all. But then how you consider your brothers matters. And I just want to end by reading. John Piper has a great, uh, actually, I think it's a podcast transcript that I'm reading from. He has a great take on this, this topic. Let our demeanor and dress reflect the biblical truth that many things in life, including worship life, are decided not by what is commanded or forbidden biblically, but by what is fitting and proper biblically. And he gives this example that I think is just perfect. If you're married to the most wonderful woman, the most patient, most kind, most forgiving, most gracious woman in the world, who loves you as you are and accepts you as you are, and you show up, on your 25th wedding anniversary celebration at a nice restaurant where she has gone ahead of you because you've been at work and she has made very nice plans for you. You show up to that restaurant in a t-shirt and tennis shorts because you've just come straight from the tennis court. She will accept you and she will love you. That's the kind of woman she is. And you will have not done well because that was unfitting. I, I think that there is so much wisdom in that statement that uh, you have a responsibility to offer God your best. And while that may not dictate exactly what clothes you wear, it, it does have something to do with the clothes you wear. It does have something with the words you say, the songs you sing, the way you treat scripture, uh, what distractions are in the way. And it definitely has something to do with the way you treat your spiritual brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your conscience is pricking you that you're not wearing the right thing to church, don't ignore that. Uh, if you're in a body of believers and and someone's been offended, maybe un- unjustly, don't ignore that either. Do all things for edification. Uh, and, and truly, you just have to love the your brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, submit yourself one to another yeah there's there's so much truth in that because you can't as christians as much as we all love to fight we have to remember that when at all possible we must be at peace with all men and that even means the people in our church that dress differently that talk differently and act differently than us we have to remember to be as gracious to them as christ is to us And if we can't do that, then we are not living up to our expectations as Christians. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this final part to why you're wrong about what you wear to church. Remember, you guys can hear us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate you guys listening, downloading, doing all those great things. You can hit us up at Twitter at F underscore O underscore Y underscore W. If you've got any kind of comments, concerns, or anything like that, 
And um, with that, we'll see you next week. And remember, first off, you're wrong. Bye-bye.